0: Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little about myself. I love Jesus, I love coffee, and I love sharing keys to abundant living. So, if you haven't already, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as I talk about our feelings and emotions and what are they telling us, what are they showing us? because our feelings are not always facts. Our feelings are real, they're genuine, but are they valid? Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're a valid feeling, but at a lower level. So for example, something has you upset, and on a scale of one to 10, your feelings are valid, you should be upset, it does make sense, but maybe upset at a three, but you're upset at an eight. So that's, that's an indicator to you that something's off base. Why are you reacting the way you're reacting? I guess it would be an overreacting. Our feelings, our emotions, they're not to be ignored. They're not to be suppressed. They're not to always be overly expressed and overly shown. They're in us, given to us, I believe by God. And you can look throughout the Bible and see where Jesus had anger. Jesus had compassion. Jesus had great love, all emotions we experience, but he was always in control of his emotions. He knew why he was feeling what he was feeling, and then he did something about it. So we can kind of get into a place sometimes where our feelings are legit, but now we're going to just sulk in them for a while. Why? Because we want to, we want to please the flesh, right? We don't want to process them through in that difficult place and address, okay, why was my anger maybe at an eight instead of a three? Yeah, I should have been aggravated, but not to a level that I flipped out. You know, the saying, you know, don't cry over spilt milk. That's a good example. Really, it's just something that can be cleaned up. It's really not that big of a deal. It's an inconvenience, but people overreact to it. So that's an indicator. And that's what I mean when I say that feelings are not facts. They are indicators. They're real. You're frustrated in the moment of the milk spilling, but is it worth the overreaction? And then even maybe the increase of other feelings being hurt, like say it's a child that spilled the milk, you know, and you flip out on your child when it's really not that big of a deal. Now you've made them feel like a feel, there's that word, like a failure, when really it was an accident and it can just be cleaned up. So what is it that's going on inside of us? And what is it that our emotions and or our feelings trying to show us? I feel like you can generalize them down to a few specific areas and then you can branch out from there. So I feel like when we're processing something, when we're having emotions, we're having feelings, either we are off base on something inside our hearts, inside our inner man, or not necessarily, I guess, off base, but something needs to be checked inside. So that's what I mean by off base. Or... The situation we find ourselves in is off base in some way, like we're having this feeling or this emotion because something's not quite right, or maybe something's fantastic because it's a good emotion. I'm kind of focusing on the emotions that we need to reel in of hurt, uh, shame, guilt, anger, impatience, frustration, Any of those different emotions, negative emotions, I guess, because that's what we need to deal with. So we're not really talking about love, joy, peace and in all the happy emotions. I'm, I'm talking about the emotions that we overreact in or we stay there a little too long. You know, emotions are to be recognized and dealt with. We don't camp out there. If we camp out there, then stuff starts to root and fester and causes further damage in our lives, right? Anger becomes bitterness. That's the difference. To be angry, right? Jesus was angry. He flipped the tables in the temple. He addressed the situation. He stated why he was angry. He didn't let his anger become bitterness. If we're angry, but now we're going to internalize it instead of addressing it within ourselves, addressing it in a situation, Well, the third point I didn't get to is someone else is off base. Someone has treated you poorly. Somebody else is wrong in their actions. And so that anger can come up because of that. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's addressed. So say it's somebody else is off base and we're being treated poorly. Now we're getting mad about it. If we just bury that anger and we don't address the situation and communicate about it, then it's it's not even gonna hurt the other person other than they might notice our behavior has switched towards them, our attitude has switched towards them, but it's gonna fester inside of us. And it doesn't just settle down basically unless we decide, you know what? That's really not as big of an issue as I'm making it, so I'm gonna let it go. There's a difference between not saying anything and letting something go and not saying anything and letting something fester. So which which emotion am I feeling? What is it based off of? Is it based off of myself? Is it based off of the situation? Or is it based off of someone else? These are all important indicators for us. And they show us when we can answer that question, and I know sometimes in the, in the heat of things, it's hard to do that, but we always have to step back. And if we're not sure of where our emotions are, I promise you God knows. And I always step back when I'm not sure, when I'm confused in a situation, I'm hurt, I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. I step back before it goes too far and I ask God to show me the truth of the situation because I'm seeing it through Linda's perception. And we all have a perception, every single one of us. We all have an angle and it's based off of our previous experience in life, our current experiences in life, um, our family situations, how we were raised, how our families communicate, all that stuff is involved. So the one that knows the truth is God. And I promise you, he will direct you down the right path. He doesn't want you lost in these emotions. As a matter of fact, there's that scripture that tells us to be angry, but not sin. What does that mean? That scripture verse is actually in Ephesians chapter four. And the subtitle under the section in the verse that it's in is titled, Do Not Grieve the Spirit. And it's in verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. And interestingly, it goes on to say, let him who stole steal no longer. If we get lost up in our emotions to an overreactive place or a dwelling place, we're allowing the enemy to come in and rob us, rob us of relationship, Rob us of true friendship because we have allowed that emotion or feeling to just fester and grow instead of addressing it, communicating about it and having conflict resolution so it doesn't fester. So the sun's not going down on our wrath, right? And it says in verse 28 of Ephesians chapter four, let him who stole steal no longer but rather let him who let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has a need. Then it goes on to talk about other stuff. So I mean he's saying, you know, be angry, but don't sin, right? Anger is an it's an emotion, but it's not actually the sin. Allowing it to fester and continue on. That's the sin. We recognize our emotions and we respond to our emotions in a processing manner. What do I mean by that? Okay, we all know when we've overreacted, we've all overreacted. So when we overreact, like if I'm totally uh, overreacting to a minor issue, overly frustrated at something that's genuinely not a big deal, why am I, if I'm really getting angry at something that actually, couldn't be helped, is very temporal and wasn't even met personal. Like, let's give it a real, let's give it a real something that's non-effective or non-impacting. You know, have you ever overreacted in frustration dealing with your computer? That's a great example, right? It's a minor one and it doesn't involve anybody else, right? But we've now we're overreacting at a computer. So something else is going on. We're overreacting out in traffic. We're taking offense when personal when people didn't even mean it personally. Something's going on down inside of us. There's a root to all that. When we it, when our feelings are amplified and they fester, there's a root to it. And it's it would be a healthy choice emotionally and physically for us to ask God to show us what that truth is to take a moment and sit silently, or even just ask ourselves first, we may actually know the answer. Why did I just overreact like that? Why did I just lose my patience in really something that's not that big of a deal right now? I'm actually not in a rush, so what does it matter if the person in front of me is going slow? You know, these are just examples that are coming to my mind of places that we overreact. Someone makes a comment in a room that wasn't intended for us personally, and we grab a hold of it, and now we're going to spend the next few hours, the next few days, the next few weeks trying to understand what they meant, how they meant that, and how we need to change it. And they didn't even give it a second thought. What's the root of that? Where's that coming from? There's two good things about our emotions that are a good guide to follow, and that would be, we cannot hold on to the emotion and we cannot let the mo- emotion motivate us. So we'll use that anger, right? Be angry, but sin not. So, and that's Paul in Ephesians. And he's basically saying, we have this emotion of anger. And of course, you know, we saw that Jesus was angry. That's an example to show us. Now, we don't always need to act on our anger right? We don't need to spout off at everybody we're angry at. You know, if we're just a a little irritated, we don't need to act on all that, right? So that's where in sin not, maybe you didn't mean to or need to mouth off at that person. You were a little irritated, a little, just a little angry. We're back at that scale. Maybe you're a two or a three. Close your mouth sometimes. That's where it's in sin not. Don't say what you want to say just to make yourself feel better, That's the sin not, and don't let it motivate you. Now, so maybe you tried to suppress it, but you really didn't deal with it. And now you have this anger that's suppressed. Now, and you may not even realize it, it's a motivator for your attitude throughout the whole rest of the day and how you treat other people. Don't let the fact that somebody else hurt you cause you to turn around and talk about them and cause hurt back to them. That's a, that's a motivator that is also sinning. So we have to make sure in those areas, that's where it grieves the Holy Spirit. That's where it grieves the Holy Spirit. And it gives the enemy an open door, undealt with emotions or emotions being our motivators. Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing it based off of your emotion Are you doing it because somebody irritated you? Are you doing it because somebody offended you? Are you doing it because you feel embarrassed about something? I mentioned something earlier about our feelings being indicators for us that, you know, either something inside is off, a situation we find ourselves in is off. I believe God uses emotions to show us, hey, get out of this situation. Like, remove yourself from this. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to Women, mostly, that have been in a a volatile, bad marriage situation where they didn't say there were red flags before the marriage. There were indicators before the marriage that they didn't listen. The situation was off base. They didn't listen to their emotions and get out of the situation. They allowed their emotions to be manipulated and they stayed in the situation. And the other thing that I mentioned is that someone else is off base. You know, our emotions and our feelings can show us that if we feel demeaned around somebody continuously, if we're frustrated around someone continuously, uh, you know, if we feel condemned, um, discouraged, you know, something's off in that relationship. And it either needs to be addressed through conflict resolution or it needs to be severed. And so... Emotions also, I kind of, you know, I pictured like when I was thinking about this and in our emotions and, you know, uh, our feelings and what are they showing us? Where are they bringing us? We clearly, you know, we're emotional people, you know, from the moment we wake up in the morning till the end of our day. So this is clearly a huge part of us. And so I kind of pictured like a stoplight, you know, our emotions are kind of telling us if they're, if they're healthy emotions, they're processed emotions, they're emotions that we pay attention to, what the root of it is, we, do we stop? Our emotions, are, is our emotion or our feeling in a situation like, whoa, stop, something needs to stop here. Do we proceed with caution? Is our emotion or our feeling telling us, hey, you might want it, you might want to take it a little slow here? Or do we have peace? That's an emotion, right? That's a feeling that's telling us to go forward. This is a good thing. I say often our feelings can't be trusted, right? Our feelings will mess us up every time. That's if we get lost in them. If we allow ourselves to go down that deep rabbit hole, so to speak, of wallowing in our anger, wallowing in our hurt, wallowing in our discouragement, um, wallowing in our shame, whatever uh, different emotion that we might have, that's where they can't be trusted because now our our perceptions off, our focus in our mind is off. It's on the situation or the other person or ourselves, and we've allowed our feelings to be amplified. That's that's where you can't trust them. They're supposed to be indicators for us, and if we don't know what they're indicating. We have to turn to God and ask him to show us the truth. He's the one that we can trust in. He's the one, right? It tells us in Proverbs chapter three to not lean on our own understanding. It's like, okay, Lord, I don't understand why I'm feeling this way, but you know. So if you can show me or help me to release these feelings so they don't keep me captive. As a matter of fact, there's a lot in Proverbs about trusting God, of course, right? And in Proverbs 28, it tells us, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Why? Because our own minds are deceptive to us. Our own hearts are. It says in Jeremiah that the heart is wickedly deceitful above all else. Who can know it? Actually desperately sick. Who can know it? Who can understand it? But I, the Lord God. That's in Jeremiah 17. I think I think it starts at verse 9. It's one of my favorite scriptures. We think we know, but we don't know. Our own hearts trick us. Sometimes, you know, to in thinking something's better than it is and sometimes thinking something's worse than it is. That's why we always have to pursue the we have to be truth seekers and we have to find out what the truth of our situation is from God himself. Right? Our feelings, they easily change. You know, one one moment we can be be frustrated, the next moment we're happy, you know, it's like a roller coaster, you know, we're at peace and then we're in turmoil. Uh, they can be influenced by other people. They can be influenced by our thought process, our circumstances, um, disappointments, what, whatever that may be, we can be made to feel passionate about something uh, by other people influencing us, we can be made to feel negative about something or positive about something. You know, it's like in a work environment, for example. You know, if you all your coworkers are negative all the time, eventually you're not gonna be impressed with the company either. So we can influence, be influenced and we can influence others. But I have to go back to, they are an indicator. And if we can learn to recognize the emotions and the feelings. And then through quiet time with the Lord, be still and know that I am God through that being still in him and asking him, what is this emotion? And it's not always easy in the moment. I understand that. But later on, when you're reflecting, sometimes we all go and look back and we're like, man, why did I respond or react that way? When you're doing that, ask the Lord, why did I respond that way? Why did I react that way? Why am I not leaning on and trusting in you, God, and leaning and trusting on a person or a situation or myself. And that's when our emotions and feelings get out of whack. And sometimes you got to tell your feelings how it is. You got to speak the word of God to your feelings, not let your feelings tell you the situation, but you bring out the truth of God's word, right? When you're thinking, for example, that you don't measure up, You know, maybe you were seeking affirmation from somebody and you didn't receive it. So now you're very discouraged within yourself and you just you don't think you're ever going to measure up and you're not going to be what people want and you're just a failure. And, you know, our minds can run with that instead of letting our feelings tell us who we are. We can tell our feelings who we are in Christ. No, I'm a child of God. I've been equipped for this moment. I'm called and anointed. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm more than enough. I'm more than a conqueror. And then our attitude begins to shift as we speak the truth of God's word. I want to end with this scripture. And it's so telling of how we're to manage our emotions. Remember, and I'm talking about the negative emotions, the frustration, the worry, the concern, the discouragement, the guilt, the anger, the impatience, all the things that the fruit of the spirit talks against right the opposites of that and it's in Philippians 4 6 and 7 and it tells us to do not and I've been telling you through this whole podcast ask God to show you show you the truth of why you're feeling what you're feeling and this scripture confirms that do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and then what happens? Let's see, we started out anxious, but then we went to God in prayer. And now the in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We have to go to God and let him show us the truth of our emotions and our feelings and help us to process them in that vein of the truth, right? Then you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John chapter eight. So we have to do that. I mean, the scripture is so good about, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Go to God. And then that peace of God, which makes no sense, Maybe your feelings were very validated and you should have no peace, but you went to God and now you have peace. And others are looking at you like, how do you have peace? Because I went to God and you know what? That peace is guarding my heart. It's guarding my mind. It's making sure I don't go based off of Linda's perceptions and Linda's thoughts and Linda's feelings. I have the mind of Christ. My mind is thinking in lines with the word of God and the truth of God. My heart is remaining in that vein of the truth of God, the knowledge of God, his revelation, his understanding, instead of my heart being wickedly deceived like we talked about earlier. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to give us all of his concerns, right? In 1 Peter, he tells us that, "'Cast all your concerns, cast all your cares upon me.'" Actually, it says, "'Upon him.'" because he cares for you. He wants to help you to get to the truth of every situation you face, whether it's in you, whether it's in the situation, or whether it's in the other person that you have to contend with. Don't be anxious for anything. Receive his peace as you go to him, and that will guide your heart, and that will guide your mind in Christ Jesus.